you need to reproduce it. You need to go and reproduce more disciples. Could it be your kids? Could it be your great grandkids? Could it be your great grandkids? Could it be that friend that you've embraced and brought into your spiritual family? Could it be their kids? Could it be their best friend that just came back into the picture? Who has God put on your heart to disciple? And what is his plan for you to disciple that person? God will bless all those who bless you. And he's going to curse all those that curse you. And he's going to bless all those families because of you. Man, I could I could end it right there, but I'm not going to. Uh, and by the way, uh, reproducing disciples. Uh, here's a scripture that I base that point on. And that is Matthew 28, uh, verses 18 to 20. All right, we're getting to the good stuff, folks. We are getting to the good stuff. All right. <clears throat> Excuse me. Let me just give you a quick drink of water. So... Obviously, in Genesis 12, where I gave that example from, is talking to uh, Abraham, and he's talking about the transfer through generations. And the only way that that will happen is through discipleship, because God builds relationally. And so we want to transfer, uh, by the way, um, we're meant to transfer money. Uh, in fact, we should be thinking of, you know, not only providing for our children, but our grandchildren and possibly even their children. Have you even considered that? I didn't before I started reading God's word in this way, but there's a, there's a ton of, uh, of scriptures to back that up. And, uh, you know, it, God has meant us to transfer wealth generationally. You know, when uh, when they were building the, you know, those big, huge, beautiful cathedrals that are in Europe and stuff like that, it would start with a vision to build a church, and it would take generations to do it. Um, In fact, I'll, I'll touch on that a little bit uh, more uh, in the next section. But if we're called to generationally transfer things, I would say probably the most important is transferring your heart. Your heart for God, your heart for people, your heart for discipleship, they're transferring your heart is so important and I'll never forget in a, in a previous business, I was dealing with luxury goods. So, uh, my clientele were very, uh, 
you know, kind of the top of society, the top 10%, you might say, you know, the, the 20,000 foot homes, some of them, you know, on in prime real estate and, uh, you know, they had all the goods and everything else. And, you know, I remember a couple different examples and one, the, the client, his name was John and he had built a manufacturing business and I think he had about 500 employees or so. And, uh, you know, he, listen, and his house wasn't extravagant. Obviously he had the wealth, uh, but it wasn't extravagant. It was, you know, maybe 4,000 square feet in a nice neighborhood, obviously. But, uh, you know, he was living modestly, uh, quite honestly, for the business that he had. And, you know, he would, uh, every day I'd come to the house for a little while while I was working with him and he'd be in, you know, jeans and a flannel shirt sort of thing. He drove a Cadillac, you know, not extravagant. He could have had a Rolls, I'm sure. But I'll never forget because I was really studying this at the time, this stuff. And, uh, so I was observing these things and I'll never forget his son pulling up in the Ferrari having the Armani suit on and the, the kid was a playboy. And I can tell you that that money, uh, you know, and I hope I'm wrong, obviously, but uh, that money wasn't going to the next generation folks. This kid was going to blow it all. So the father had built his business had done all these great things, cared about his employees greatly, lived a humble life, he didn't pass his heart on to his son. Now, on the flip side of that, I remember because it was the biggest job I had ever gotten at the time. And uh, this guy named Ken, and he's a self-made guy. He shook the right hand and uh, came into huge money right away. He was a blue-collar guy. He was an electrician who just kind of had an idea. Uh, he went to New York. He pitched his idea, and it worked. It was a lot of timing. Uh, just it, it was a perfect storm for this guy, and he ran into millions and millions of dollars instantly. But he was a blue-collar person from a blue-collar family. And now... Uh, <laughs> This goes against the, the teaching because he didn't need this, but he came into so much money. He ripped down a 12,000 square foot home right on the, in the best part of, you know, probably one of the best parts in Canada and uh, right on the lake and everything else to put up his 14,000 square foot dream home. And it was, it was incredible. However, this man, uh, being a blue-collar person himself, he was there every day, even working alongside of the tradespeople. And he wanted to see how stuff worked. And he would uh, constantly be bringing lunch and treating people. like he, If you walked onto the job site, if you were a city inspector or something like that, you thought that the owner of this place was one of the workers. And so his father had really passed a heart on to him. And, uh, and I'm sure that he's passing that on to his kids and, uh, and they're set up uh, quite well going forward. So, you know, in, it isn't just money we have to pass along. 
we need to pass along our hearts. Uh, that'd be number one, our hearts. And number two, I would suggest to you would be your vision. And you have to have vision because again, what's God's plan in your life? God made your DNA. He made you specifically for something. And I know a lot of you are thinking, well, I don't know exactly what I'm called to do. Well, you know what? There, there's kind of an illumination process and, and there's, there's a couple ways of getting there uh, that would have to be like a separate video or better yet, a one-on-one. Uh, there, but find out why you enjoy certain things. You know, just if there's something that you gravitate towards, why you enjoy it, well, and you do enjoy it, it's probably one of the things you were made to do. And then you might think, well, how can I make a living off it? <laughs> be creative. We have a creative God. You'd be surprised. Uh, talk to someone, have someone, uh, who, find someone who's doing it and see what they're doing. Even talk to them. Maybe they'll mentor you. Uh, but... <laughs> You have to have a vision. If you don't know where you're going and why you are going there, you're never going to get there. We all say, just like Paul did, man, I want to go before the Lord and know that I ran my course, you know, and I did all that God had to do. <laughs> do you know where you're going? Do you know what he called you to do? I know that God called me to do this. And, and by the way, I'm not a, I, I don't consider myself a teacher. I'm, I'm actually called to something different than teaching, but teaching is one of my skill sets. I'm not claiming to be a great teacher, but it's one of my skill sets. And this is what he's having me do right now. This is part of the greater, a greater picture in my life. Uh, this is only a small part of it. So this isn't the focus of my life. It isn't teaching you. However, this is part of his plan for my life, and I know it. That's why I'm here doing it for you. And am I reproducing God's word in this teaching? Yes, I am. So you need to pass along your heart. You need to have a vision. You have to know where you're going, and you have to know why you are going there. And you need to have goals, number three. If you, you need to have goals and, and don't, don't set your goals like as just the end result. You need to have individual measurements of success on your way. So uh, actually... I'm I apologize. I'm doing this a couple of times on, on writeonyou.com. I put together something called the star achievement system. And this is kind of a goal setting methodology in which you accomplish your goals every time, as long as you actually start. God dropped that in my heart. Uh, and I did this course right away. He like, honestly, it just, I downloaded it and put it out there uh, because I was struggling with it. I used to write down my goals the night before I went to bed. And I couldn't sleep at night because I was thinking about how I'm going to accomplish all my goals. And the worst part was when I listened to some guy and he said, plan out your day every, in 15 minutes segments. What a nightmare. Oh my goodness. I could not sleep. And I didn't sleep for years after that because I had trained my mind to work that way. 
And, uh, but, but we do need to have goals. We do need to have markers. Um, you know, let's say my goal is to, to own a house. Well, I need to save up, you know, a, a certain amount of money every year. That's just a, one example of it. Uh, but you need to have markers in accomplishing that vision that God has given you. Okay. And that vision could be for a house. It could be for a business. It could be um, for <laughs> having a large family. You know, it, it could be all kinds of things. Uh, it could be anything really. And you could have multiple goals and visions, but somehow they should all work in, with intentional congruence. That's another teaching. But goals are important. If you don't know where you're going, how are you going to get there? And you need to be able to measure something up against it. You also always need to have integrity in what you're doing. And integrity is really adherence to a moral code. It's, uh, it's ethics. And these are the rules which you set inside of yourself. And this is, again, about passing your heart along to those around you. Um, there are certain things that we will not do. No, I've made the decision that's against my morals, my ethics. Uh, this is against my rules. I will not play that way. So uh, even in doing, you know, the type of broadcast, have I been approached by people that maybe I could do something bigger than what I'm doing? Yes, I have. Did it work with my ethics? No, it did not. So although I like being tempted, which is one of my fatal flaws, I entertain the offer. I listen. I might even ask questions about it. But I also want to find out that person's heart. So a little FYI, if we ever encounter each other. But I knew I wasn't going to take it. But I wanted to find out all the things. But I'm not going to play that way. And so we have pass along your heart, pass along your vision. These are generational, generational folks. You're, you have to have goals. For each generation, they, they're going to have their own sets of goals. Or each disciple that comes into your life, they have to have goals. Look, you can't, you can't take, uh, you know, you can't finish your apprenticeship until you get these one, two, three, four, five skills done, right? You, it makes sense. And so the last thing, uh, again, if, because if we're going to have reproduction, if we're going to create more disciples, if we're going to pass along our heart, our vision, our goals, our ethics, we have to have a methodology. How do I get someone into my circle? Well, you know what? When I see a need, I go to the need, I pray to the God, and I say, God, what would you have me do? Sometimes it's nothing, sometimes it's not. Know how to hear God's voice, but we need to have a procedure in which we go through to qualify to make sure this is actually what God wants us to do. Is this God's plan for our life? Is this his approval of my building plan? Are you hearing what I'm saying? Is this God's approval of my plan that I've put 
before the Lord. Oh man, I, and in the when I put come out with the course, I'm going to give you all the scriptures. There's just way too many. There's just way too many. Um, so, if it's clear that we need to have a vision. Because we can't, how, how can you get to your destination if you don't, you know, you can't say I'm going to Hawaii unless you have a vision of going to Hawaii, you know, uh, my, I can picture it and that's how now I'm going to buy the plane ticket, you know, um, you need to, you, you can't go somewhere unless you have a vision to go there. And I'm, and I'm not talking in a weird way like, oh, I need to envision going to this place to end up that, no, no, no. It has to it has to occur to you, and you have to think. Oh, I really want to go here, so I'm going to set up my goals, and this is how I'm going to measure my accomplishments, and you know, so on and so on. But we, it's clear that we need a vision, and I'm just going to ask you: How big is your vision? Are you thinking about the next generation? Are you thinking about your grandchildren? Are you thinking about your great-grandchildren? If this, the size of your vision is going to determine where you play in life. And I don't care where your circumstances are right now. I don't care. I can tell you that God doesn't care what your circumstances are right now. That won't hold you back from anything. Look at all the examples in the Bible. Look at Joseph. Look at Joseph. Oh, by the way, was he a good manager? Did God bless him? Were his generations blessed beyond that? So how big is your vision and I'll, and I talk about your heart. I talk about uh, God builds everything relationally. Like these are all key to this. So here's the question: Are you doing it by yourself, or are you building relationally? Are is there other people? Do going towards this goal with you? Is your wife or your husband on board with your vision? And by the way, and I, I've asked people the questions, and, and it's such a huge mistake. And I've written a, a crazy number of notes regarding this, but people who have taken my creating wealth through stewardship course you won't believe how many people did not do it with their spouse. Insane. Insane. You have to do it relationally. Who has God knit you with? You need to bring them on board with you. And you need to be on board with them. So what a great example that was given to me 
and I wrote it down because it was really, really uh, great. And, uh, and it actually came from uh, my mentor's son, Adam. And he uses an example of, you know, the, uh, the 100 meter race in the Olympics. And in the Olympics, and this is, this is going back, well, this goes back to, you know, well, almost 20 years. So, you know, when I was really learning this stuff, but at the time, it, and it was a Canadian uh, who actually didn't live too far from me, named Donovan Bailey, who set the record for 100 meters. And his record was 9.84 seconds. Fastest man in the world, right there. Broke the record, gold medal at the Olympics. So running the 100 meters... Uh, 9.84. In the same Olympics, three of the four winning 400 by 100 meter relay men run faster. So, Jeff, how, how did Donovan Bailey set the world record, but these guys were faster? Well, it's really simple. In, in, a, in a relay race, you hand the baton. So you have a running start. Don't you want to hand the baton to your kids, to your grandkids? Give them a running start. But they have to have your heart. They have to have your vision. They have to have your ethic. This is so critical. This is how we build our families and th threaten and demolish the Prince of the Air's kingdom. This is how, as a society, we live to, uh, to rule as God intended us to. So I, earlier I was talking about thinking about when they're making these great cathedrals. And this is probably a, just a, a really good illustration of, uh, of how all these plans work. So um, the father's heart uh, or mother's heart, the, your, your heart, you pass along your vision, your goals, your ethics, and then um, your methods and how you do it, your procedures, okay? So when they were building these cathedrals, first of all, someone had to come up with a plan, a vision. And this is a challenging statement. Write down this statement. This is challenging for me, folks, and I've been really uh, putting effort into living this way for a long time now. But if your vision can be finished in your generation, it's too small. And repeat that. If your vision 
can be finished in your generation, it's too small. What about if you were to make plans that spanned four, five, six generations? What was God's plan for humanity? It was for all generations. Perhaps we could think of four or five generations. Might be a stretch. But the example here in building a cathedral was they had to plant trees, first of all, because it needed wood, but they wanted special wood. So the person with the original vision went out and planted the trees. And then their sons and daughters had the same vision to build this church. They nourished the trees. They trimmed the trees. They made sure the trees were good. And then it was like the grandchildren who actually would harvest the trees to start building so the person with the original vision never saw the church built. But it's because of them that these great buildings were, were built. And so you have to accumulate the resources. And, uh, and look, uh, although Solomon you know, lost his ways in many ways, uh, think of the example of David uh, to Solomon. Uh, Solomon had a running start, wouldn't you say? Father was king, uh, passed along. Was Solomon a good manager? Oh, yeah. Became the richest man in the world, probably even by today's standards. Um, and, uh, you know, for for us, uh, Jesus' disciple plan, uh, which is still going on today because I'm doing it right here to some extent. Jesus had 12. He added Paul. And uh, now it's... I, we've been discipled, and we're going to disciple others. Jesus' plan is still carrying on for the church. So, I want to give you a scripture, uh, and this is something that I would probably want to expand on and do a kind of a, a separate teaching on, but if you... A lot of you might be struggling. Look, I'm, I'm having trouble planning for one generation. You know, I'm having trouble planning for myself, never mind for my kids, my grandkids, etc. Um, look at the heart. You know, Malachi was, is a strange uh, figure in the Bible in many ways. Uh, there's some mysteries around Malachi, but... Uh, Malachi was a foreshadow uh, of Jesus. You know, he was a, a king and a priest and uh, lived an exemplary life from my reading. Uh, so look at Malachi chapter 4, verses 4 to 6. And I think when you when you start to think about this way, like... First of all, you know, this is something I've been doing in, in by example, uh, in my life, like I've, I've shared my vision with, uh, I have one child, 
and I've shared that vision with my child. I, actually, I've shared it with my nieces, my uh, my sister, uh, with my family, and um, they're excited about it. They were excited when I authored my first book. Um, you know, they were super excited about it, and uh, and they actually read it and said, "Wow, you know, I'm looking at life in a different way now." And uh, my my first book really was kind of a transferring, uh, well, uh, listen, a lot of it was really what I'm giving you here. I'm just, <laughs> I'll just tell you that. Uh, I did it in a bit of a different format. Uh, it was done more for a general audience, but it's really the, the same stuff as here. I go into a couple different things like how to uh, control your emotions and things like that. But uh, this is actually much richer than my uh, my first book, in my opinion. So you want to have something that, that's, that excites them. And, you know, if, if you can have it shared by at least two generations, so your kids, your grandkids. And by the way, if you're a grandparent and your grandkids are already growing up, you're thinking, well, what can I do? <laughs> you can start now. It doesn't matter. Doesn't matter where you are in life. Doesn't matter where you're living. You can start to put these things into practice. And even if you just pass, you started just by doing a budget and passing along your heart of stewardship to your kids. And then your kid grows up and blossoms and passes it along. It starts with you. Listen, it's no accident. And this is a cliche, I know, but it's no accident that you're here watching this and you're still here even though I'm annoying at the best of times, I get it. But God uses me, so we have, he uses the most imperfect of the world to confound the wise. Uh, let me give you, that, that's hard to explain, but let me, uh, let me give you a scripture that probably will explain it better than what I do. And I don't, it's, I'm not going to read it because this is actually... Uh, but going to Deuteronomy uh, chapter 6, verses 20 to 25. And when you think about this, remember uh, in the previous lessons, you have to do it with someone. You have to build relationally. You want to have disciples. So who is going to co-work at this with you? I hope, hopefully your spouse is. Hopefully, maybe, and if you're not married or you're widowed, or maybe it's a brother or sister in the Lord that's going to actually help you to do these things, even just to, to get your heart and to get stewardship skills, to run a budget. Um, so those cathedrals, and then, you know, they, they would build them and it would take, you know, a, a generation to actually build the structure and then the artists would come in and the artists, sometimes it would take a whole generation for those extravagant paintings and things like that. So that's a great example of having a generational vision. And, uh, and by the way, your vision might not be for a building, but your vision might be for a church. The church is us. How many souls can you win? How many souls will God use you? To bring into the kingdom. Do you have a goal? Do you have a vision for it? 
Do you have a plan how to do it? And uh, yeah, it's a it's a shared responsibility with people. And um, I just want to give a quote here. Um, we've heard the words, find your own truth. Every generation has to find their own truth, man. How many times have we heard that sickening statement? It's a lie. Reject it. If your vision is based on what God's plan is for you in your life, then it's purpose, it's destiny. Remember, God created you by intelligent design. You have destiny, you have purpose. Then your destiny, if things are supposed to be transferred generationally, is for those other generations. Here's a... In fact, I, I'm just going to say the biblical idea behind this. Um, I'm going to I'm going to give you more scriptures because I, I'm having trouble explaining all of this. I think I've given you the meat and potatoes of it, but I really want you to be equipped to to build. Uh, so go to John chapter 17, uh, verses 18 and 19. And also um, the Psalms 78, 1 to 7. All right. I'm bringing this home, folks. I, I know this one is going long. And uh, I thought that uh, this might be shorter. <laughs> uh, but we're actually getting to the uh, to the best part right now. So if I... If people who have fallen off because the teaching is getting long, they're missing out on the best part. So if all lasting wealth is to be built generational, generationally, then it comes back to the core that I gave in the intro comes back to the family unit. And that includes, you know, people in the church with you, um, people who are knitted together with you. And I, and I guess there's two concepts in which that vision will work. And, I, and I'm spending time on this because it's important if, uh, you know, first of all, you have to have the heart to do it, but then if you don't have vision, you're not going to achieve any of the other stuff. Um, so it's really, really important. The first concept is what can you do by yourself and what has, what or who has God surrounded around you? What do you have right now? Where can you start? What are your actual resources? Because at, by, by the time you're watching this right now, God intended you to see, God intended for me to make it right now. He intended you, for you to watch it right now. What resources 
do you have that are all around you right now? And the, and the second part of that is, who has God given you that is within your reach right now? Because there's some people that you've made contact with maybe in the last couple of years, maybe 10 years ago. Who knows? But you might know someone who's really good at that thing that's close to your goal. And who has God put near? Could you pick up the phone and call that person? Hey, listen, I don't know if you remember me, but we uh, we actually spent some time together. We took that class together or we used to work together. You know, there's... Who has God put in your life? And who's in your family or in your even in your close-knit circle who resembles anything close to that? But who can you pull upon? What about people in this community, in the Right On Radio community? You know, I've heard this person talk about that they do this for a living. Um, maybe, you know, maybe I could just send them a quick message. Hey, listen, we've chatted a couple times. Um I'm thinking about doing this. Could we spend a couple minutes on the phone? It's, folks, it's not that hard. It's really very simple concepts. And, and that's, I'm not, it's not like I have to do this one, then I have to do this one, then I have to, first I have to have my heart, then I have to do this, then I can go disciple. It, it, these things can all happen fast for you. But we do have to think about things. And yeah, having a pen and a paper uh, is your best friend in doing these things. And to be a disciple yourself, to be a disciplined learner, perhaps you could have a discipline to write down a couple things. It could be bullet form, folks, as long as you understand your notes. Um, there are certain things you could do by yourself, but most things you want to have other people involved in your vision. And certain parts of your vision will be self-achievement. There, there's no doubt there's certain parts that you're just going to do by yourself uh, but it should empower others as a byproduct. So, for instance, one of my goals over the last year, well, I'd been planning on doing this for multiple years, to tell you the truth, but one of my goals in the last year was that I'm going to get this out to you. And so this is kind of a, a self-achievement of me actually doing this, but I'm doing it to serve you so you can serve others. And I'm giving this to you for free. Go and teach every, share this or teach it. I don't steal every bit of it. Make it your own. I don't care. I want you to do this. And, and it's funny, the opposite of this is... Um, 
let's say that, uh, and because, you know, listen, we've got uh, admins, we've got people that I talk to all the time within our community uh, who are kind of the, the closer knit ones that I've established relationship with. And so I'll just use them as an example because, well, they, they stepped up, they volunteered. So, <laughs> so I can uh, use them, but let's say, you know, that team of people that, uh, that I've assembled that, that help uh, serve you with right on radio. Let's say they really start to, uh, to embrace this stuff. And I, and I hope they do, you know, how much that will bless me. You know how much it'll bless me if you actually just start to do this, start to do it in your family, start to do it with your friends. So with each thing that you're doing, uh, it, it just works as a blessing. Whether you do it by yourself, whether you do it with people, some things you have to do by yourself, but it actually has other people in mind. Sometimes you have to do it with, with a whole bunch of people to accomplish it, but it blesses the single, the individuals. God is all about blessing. <sighs> Let me read this again. And I will bless those who bless you. And the one, the one who curses you, I will curse. And in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. Now, was that just a note to Abraham? Or is the Bible a note to you as well? All right. Very last part of this. And I want to end on wealth because I started off with the statement that the evil cabal families of this world are actually doing God's word and they've been building generationally and they've actually been multiplying with every generation which is biblical by the way uh, creating wealth through stewardship when I show you God gave me a mathematical formula that's literally using grade five math. And I show you how starting with just a tiny bit of money, how you can make tons of money over your lifetime. Even, and, and by the way, you can even measure it. Uh, okay, this is how much I can make in five years. This is how much I can make in 10 years. And you know what the best part of it is? It could only take you 10, 20, 40 hours, not a week, a year. Could you spend 10, 20, 40 hours a year to make generational wealth? So in creating wealth through stewardship, I show you how the numbers work and how it's possible. In my real estate course, I teach you how to do it. And not only that, 
part of a discipling program is I actually give you all every step of the way with contracts. And I address every situation. You can start in real estate with zero money. Well, listen, I, that's, I, I, that's a misstatement. If you don't have a couple hundred bucks to your name, you really, you need like at least to be able to afford to spend 200 bucks. Okay. Beyond the course, by the way, uh, to actually get going. But could you, you can turn $200 into $5,000 in a month easily. $5,000 a month, 12 months a year, $60,000 just in the first lesson. So, and you might not do it. You might only do it two months. Would an extra $10,000 be okay? You know, so you put in maybe 20 hours, made $10,000. Or you start with a little bit of money. If you're a homeowner or something like that, you start with, uh, you know, a couple bucks. You can turn it into millions in 10 years. In 20 years, incredible numbers. You wouldn't believe me if I told you. You'd have to see how I got to the calculation. It's grade five math, folks. Can't make it up. Um, God gave me two formulas to put together. So he gave me a measurement tool to use in grade five math and multiplication. And it works. So it's not about getting rich. It's not about living your dream lifestyle. It's about doing what God's called you to do and doing it generationally. You know, when I learned how to do real estate investing, I we paid, well, our initial investment in just the education was about $25,000. Then I hired a mentor. Oh, but first I'll let you know that my initial investment we made that back in our first two weeks. So I knew it worked. And so I hired a mentor. And then we spent another $10,000 $10, for a day on a mentor. I'm giving you the knowledge of everything I've learned and done for like, there's a coupon, save 500. I think your, your price will be $12.97. If I was to say to you, look, uh, give me $12.97 and by the end of the year, I'll give you back $30,000. You'd be an idiot not to do it. I give you everything in it. I give I, The contracts alone inside of that course are worth more than $10,000. The contracts alone step-by-step -step methodology from no, no matter what stand, where you are in life and what, what amount of time you have. I give multiple paths for you to take and I detail them. And I even talk about the stuff they do on TV, which is really 
a distraction made you to go into high-risk stuff and ruin families. I even tell you that. I put a lot of hours into it. Um, and if you get that, uh, the uh, real estate course, uh, just so you know, if you purchase the, if you're going to purchase creating wealth and the real estate course, purchase the real estate course first because you actually get creating wealth at a really, really super low price, lower than anywhere it's advertised. It's only available when you buy uh, the creating wealth course or the uh, real estate course, but then do creating wealth course first. Okay. Do that first, then get in the real estate because if you don't know what to do with your money, you'll have no vision for your money and you start making money in real estate, it could really mess up your family and mess up your plans. So I hate to end a long program on a commercial, uh, but honestly, I care about you. I care about your family. Uh, who wouldn't trade, you know, 1200 bucks for uh, the opportunity to make generational wealth and really um, this is like running that relay race and me handing a baton to you. Do you want to get off to a running start? Do you want to take what it took me years and tens of thousands of dollars to learn and get off running? Purchase the real estate course first, then it gives you an option to buy creating wealth at a super low price as an option, but then do creating wealth through stewardship first and then do the real estate course. And of course, all of these are available at writeonyou.com. And look, if you don't do the courses, uh, no judgment, obviously. Uh, even those who are close to me, I think you're foolish because if you know me, you know I have something to offer to you. And uh, for those of you who don't um, do this, um, I'm just handing you a baton if you want to go a little bit faster, a, a lot faster. Um, on that note, I just want to pray blessings upon your life. And uh, I'm really honored that you give me uh, this amount of time. I realize it's uh, almost one and three quarter hour, but I just want to pray for you. If you've uh, stood around, stayed around this amount of time, uh, this is my prayer for you, but I want you to uh, think of your family, your friends, your situation. And this isn't scripted, folks. I'm just doing this because it's on my heart. Father God, you have demonstrated everything to us in the way you model your family, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit and the way that you've given us the examples all throughout your word about how you build generationally and how much you've put in about stewardship. And, you know, when you give the parable of the talents, Father, that should be one of the greatest lessons. Why did you, Jesus, put that in your word as an example for us? Why is it such a clear example and one of the parables? 
Well, Father God, I pray that each one here, if they take nothing else, they have your heart, Father, and your heart for the family, and your heart to build generationally, and what our role on this earth is. I pray you give each and every person that is praying this along vision right now, Father God, for those in their family, for those around them. And Father, I know it's your will to do this, so I, I know there's power in this prayer, God. I know there's power in this prayer. Lord, with each person with their eyes closed, just to start see those around them, start to see what you've placed in their life, Lord. Show it to them. Let it come to their mind, Lord, right now as I pray this, the, the resources that they have around them, Father God, and the resources, not only the things that they have, Lord, but the people that you've put in their life, even the people who are not immediately in their life right now, Father God. Let those things come to mind. And Father, I pray, I pray you put it in their heart, Father God, that they will write these things down immediately after this. Just the things that you've given them, the things that you have given them at this point in time in their life, and those that you've brought from afar, from near and far into their life, Lord. If they just start their list with that, Father God, and then I pray you put a vision for generational growth, not only in their family, but in those families of those people who you've knitted into their life. Father God, may your will be done in each one of our lives. And Lord, if we, I have lived improperly, Father, and most people who have heard or hearing this and praying this have not lived according to your word in these principles of stewardship. Father God, I say we stop it right now. Father God, I'm making a decision and I pray everyone who's praying this along with me is making the decision. It stops right now. Right now we start new and we're going to walk forward with this teaching. This teaching, your word, Father God, is transformational in my life. I'm As I go through and study all of these scriptures, Father God, you are going to change my life and I'm going to start mimicking the, the examples that you, Jesus, gave me. And powered by your Holy Spirit, I will move and I will execute these things. And Father God, because I sense the time is short, I'm moving now. I'm moving on it now. And Father God, what can you have me do? What can you have me do in this time for the rest of the days that you have numbered for me? What can I do? Lord, I pray you place urgency in my heart, in everyone's heart who is doing this. I don't exclude myself in everyone's heart, Father God, that we have some urgency to go about the king's business. You are my king, Lord Jesus. You are the king of kings and Lord of lords. What is your business? How must I accomplish all those things? And Father God, I pray for every single person that they get a vision that is much bigger than themselves. Because God, your vision is much bigger and we are created by you with a purpose. Lord, at this time, I pray that your Holy Spirit just start to reveal those purposes and that greater vision for each and every one. 
Lord God, I thank you for each person that you've put here. Uh, that you've given me, and Lord, I pray I'm doing your will and stewarding and teaching your, if there's anything that was not from you, God, have it fall off their ears, I pray. This is not about Jeff. This is about, well, to me, Father God, you know it's all about the war. We got to start taking back the kingdom. This kingdom is yours, God, and I'm your son. We are your sons and daughters. Empower this teaching in our lives. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Faith is the belief in things yet unseen but knowing it'll happen. I feel the Holy Spirit upon me now. I felt it when I was praying that. I believe it's God's will to do these things in your life. The key to success in prayer is for you to believe also. Faith without works is as useless as a screen door on a submarine. Start working out your faith. By the way, um, hit thumbs up. Leave a comment, please. God bless you, and I'll see you next time. And next one, a good one. <laughs> I'll... I'll I can't promise to make it shorter, but I'm going to make it shorter. That's my goal, my intention, my vision. Next one is really, really good. You'll want to be here for that. I'll see you next time on New Goggles.